Very good. Hey, we're going to pray before we start in the Word. God, we thank You that You are so good to us, that You are so kind to us. God, that we don't deserve it and we haven't done anything to earn it, but it is all Your character. Lord, we thank You that You continue to bless us and form us into Your likeness and continue to pour out that revelation and that love over our lives. God, we pray today that You're building us in Your image, Your mighty, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. So before we start, um, I want to just quickly um, clarify where this message fits in. So if you want to take notes, if you're uh, you know, on your phone or if you're you know, old school pen and paper and you want to take notes, then you want to write down this word for the message. It is HIM with a capital H. Right? H-I-M, not HIM as in an old school HIM, H-Y-M-N. No, HIM as H-I-M. Today, it is all about HIM. Now, where does this fit in the vision of our church? If you don't know, you haven't looked on the website or you haven't been around long enough. Our, our vision is introducing Melbourne to Jesus, right? It is all about Jesus. And we love this city. We absolutely love Melbourne to bits, but Melbourne needs Christ. Right? Just like all the world needs Christ, but God's put us here to preach this message to Melbourne. And so it fits within us being equipped to be able to preach the gospel to Melbourne. It also fits with our values. Now, you would have heard Jono say before, uh, our values or our DNA is evangelism, discipleship, generosity. Now, if you don't know what those words mean, that's okay. Evangelism is tell the world about Jesus. Discipleship is you know, working together to become more like Christ, working together to grow in our faith. And generosity, if you don't know what that word means, just Google it. Easy. Awesome. I want to tell uh, three really quick short stories, okay, before we dive into Philippians 2 today. These three stories are evangelism, discipleship, and generosity. Right? When, uh, if you don't know, Megan and I, we are not old enough to have pastored this church for the 29 years that it is old. Uh, we would have been three at that point. So, uh, there was a previous senior pastor before us. That is Craig and Chris Anderson. Uh, we won't make them stand up. but that's, yeah, so. Now, Craig set the bar so high, Craig and Chris, they set the bar so high that, that uh, one of the things that they did that I didn't think we were going to be able to do, but it turns out Megan's really good at it, is Craig would evangelize at Westfield all the time. Right? Now, Craig would go to Westfield, build relationships with all of the different uh, shop vendors and then tell them about Jesus. So much so that he once got told by security that he's not allowed to do it anymore. But I didn't think it was possible. It turns out that Meg, the introvert of us two, is the one that goes around and builds the relationships at Westfield with the vendors to tell them about Christ. And so that is evangelism. It's not just street preaching, but it's building relationships to be able to tell people about Jesus. Maybe that's with your family that you've already got relationships with, or maybe that's with somebody at Westfield that, uh, you know, runs the, the checkout at Groove, no, what's the coffee shop? You know what I mean, Glory Jeans, that's the one. The second story is discipleship. If you don't know, Craig and Chris devoted a day a week for six years to us. Not a full day, just a part of the day, but a day a week for six years just to grow us. And that time was absolutely awesome. 
It was so good for us to be able to grow, but it was also challenging. It was also, hey, when your hair falls out, you look like a criminal, Daniel. Don't do that. When you get tattoos, you shouldn't do that. It's, uh, you look like a criminal. No, none of that. It was a challenging time. Challenging us to love one another better, to love the church better, to grow in our faith. It was hard, but it was really uh, intentional discipleship. And the third story is generosity. This is a generosity that you see in Craig and Chris, but you haven't probably taken into account actually what it means. Craig and Chris have served our movement for a really long time. The movement has, uh, you know, 140 odd churches across Australia and they've served in that movement for a really long time. But it takes a lot of generosity to get in your car, get on a plane, go and do all of those things and serve for no paycheck. It is a hugely generous thing that any pastor would take away from the congregation that they love so much to go and do extra and more. Not neglect the congregation, but to take on more responsibility. And that they've done out of such a generous heart. And so those three stories about them is really just to brag on them and, uh, and say that's good. But they did it from faith. So today, our first point for the message is he is the foundation. So if you've got your pens, you've got your papers, you've got your phones, you can write down these six points. I'm going to give it to you straight before we even open the Bible and then you're going to be able to see them throughout the scripture. So he is the foundation. Recognize his grace. Praise him. Obey him. Chase his likeness and love like him. So if you've got your Bibles today, open up to Philippians 2. If you don't have them, it's easily going to be on the screen for you. So no stress. Verse 1 through to verse 4 is what we're going to read first. And it says, therefore. Now, before we, before we go any further, last week we talked about uh, the mistakes that we made in youth ministry. Now, I'm really hoping that Pastor Craig and Chris didn't watch the live stream then because I made a shock confession about a really bad game we used to play. But anyway, now they're going to go back and watch it. But today, I, I want to talk about something we did in youth ministry that was cheesy, but we're going to do it again. All right? in, cheese, in youth ministry, you did a call and response. Right? So uh, if I can get everybody to say, therefore, therefore. Okay, that was, you, the youth ministry is better. Sorry. If everyone can say, therefore. 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 Okay, okay, awesome. I know it's a bit cheesy. But what that word means is you have to read chapter one. Okay, that's what that word means. You have to read chapter one. What is, we, we know that this was a letter written by Paul that the Holy Spirit told Paul what to write and that Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians. But you have to know that the letter wasn't written in chapters and verses like this. It's broken down like that so that we can reference it. But Paul talks about the ideas from chapter 1. So for us, we need to remember that faith was what chapter 1 was about. Having faith in the times when the world opposes you. And so from this, it is therefore, from faith 
in those times. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you the interests of others. Therefore, because of faith, have unity, humility, selflessness, all because Jesus loved you. Verses 5 through to 8 unpack the next point. These are new ideas introduced. They don't have a therefore. On the front, right? So Paul's finished off his point and now we're getting the next part of the ideas. So it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient to death, even on a cross. This morning, we sung lyrics, you're so much better, you're so much kinder than anything we think you are. This week, Reese and I were in the car driving home and, and we were talking about the revelation of this in every single part of your life, this just gets bigger. Understanding more and more the gap of God to man. The the recognition of the gap that Jesus closed, the gap that he bridged. Recognition that my sin was actually so great and his glory so far away from anything that I could bring. And yet he bridged the gap. It's not a recognition that creates a a sense of discouragement of I'm not good enough. No, it's a recognition that creates a sense of gratefulness, a sense of wow, How good God is that he would love me anyway. It's a revelation that gets deeper and deeper and deeper. You might have had this revelation before. And trust me, you will continue having this revelation over and over and over again for the rest of your life. To truly understand how big God is. How big the gap that he closed for us. Verse 9, therefore. Can everybody say, therefore? Hey, all right, that was better, guys. Awesome. Therefore, I know. You can also label this preach therefore if you wanted to, right? You can do that too. Therefore, so this is a linked idea from the first one. Because of God being so great that he closed that gap, God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Remember our points that faith is the foundation or that He's the foundation, that we recognise His grace and how big it is and that He is worthy to be praised. So we praise Him. Right here, I talked about earlier that the Holy Spirit gave Paul the words to write down. Right here we see a perfect picture of the Trinity is that the Holy Spirit guiding Paul to write that God exalted Jesus. Wow. What a beautiful picture. That God, the Holy Spirit, Know that Jesus is worthy to be praised. Verse 12 through to 13 says, Therefore, can everybody say? Therefore, hey, this joke's going well, I swear. No. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Obey him. We're called that upon the recognition of the grace and gift of Jesus Christ to surrender our lives. And whilst that's an easy decision in the sense of it only takes faith, to believe that Jesus is uh, the Saviour and that you confess that He is the Saviour and that's it, you're saved. Awesome. But it also means to follow Him for the rest of your life. It also means to obey Him. That's not always easy. It might mean getting out of your comfort zone and talking to somebody at Westfield. It might mean taking 6am on a Friday every Friday, to meet with somebody who was just a ratbag dude smashing trolleys into each other in the middle of the auditorium. And, and it might take you being really generous and jumping on planes and flying around to other churches and helping them out and taking multiple Zoom calls and, and all of the stuff. But we're called to obey even if it is challenging. We talked about last week that the Philippians church or the church at Philippi was a church that was going through a hard time. That, that when Paul's writing to them, he's writing from prison and he's talking about how they have to stay faithful even in opposition. And so when Paul says obey, he's saying it from they're the best place of his own example, obeying even in prison, even to the point of being arrested and then killed. Continue working out your salvation, saved and being saved. Discipleship, evangelism and generosity, which then links us to the next verse, which is 14. It says, 
Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Be like God. And when you are more and more like Jesus, the world will come to know because of that. You will shine among them like stars in the sky when you obey. This is to chase Christ's likeness. Verse 17 says, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Last week we pulled out this, so this is just a side note. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit giving Paul God's perspective. That's what's happening right here. Is The Holy Spirit is giving Paul the perspective of, it actually doesn't matter if I die. It doesn't matter what happens to me as long as Christ is glorified. What an awesome attitude to have. Verse 19 through to 24 says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So that, oh, I've lost my spot. That I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him. Who will show genuine concern for your welfare? For everyone looks out for their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. That's that generosity, that selflessness. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come. This letter is being taken by a guy called Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus is from Philippi and he was in Rome at the time when Paul was writing and Paul writes the letter for Epaphroditus to go back home. But Timothy, Timothy's with Paul. And Paul says, well, Timothy's not in prison, so I'm hoping to send him soon so that he'll actually come back. Epaphroditus is going to go and stay in Philippi. But Paul's saying, hey, I want, I want someone to go and then come back and tell me all about how good you guys are going. Paul, or the Holy Spirit, through Paul, endorses and encourages Timothy. He endorses and encourages each of us through other believers. That is discipleship. I've told this story before, but there's plenty of people in the room that wouldn't have heard it, so... Sorry if you have, but there was a time in discipling where Craig, guided by the Holy Spirit, said, hey, I think you need to work through some forgiveness. There's some people that you haven't forgiven. And that didn't come from anything that we'd been talking about. We were just praying together. Craig said, hey, I think you need to work that through. I said, oh, no, I don't really have anyone. I can't think of anyone. So, look. Thanks for the word, but it's all good. I went, we, we kept praying. I said, God, hey, maybe I can't see it. Maybe there's people that I need to forgive. So can you show me? And the Holy Spirit went, one, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, just rattled off names. And I broke. But in that moment, God did such a great work because God wants to encourage one another through other believers. Sometimes you're not listening and you just need someone else to help you along. Verse 25 through to 30. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, endorsing and encouraging Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus would have known that he was going to read this letter, that the church was going to read this letter. It's God modeling the love and the encouragement that we should show one another through Paul. Verse 1 to 4 is that he's the foundation. Verse 5 through to 8 is to recognize his grace. Verse 9 through 11 is that he's worthy, so you praise him. Verse 12 through 13 is obey him. Verse 12 through 16 is chase his likeness. 19 through to 30 is to love like him. He's the foundation. Therefore, recognize his grace. Therefore, praise him. Therefore, obey him. Therefore, chase his likeness. Therefore, love like him. God, we pray today that whoever needs to be challenged is challenged. That whoever needs to recognize his grace recognizes his grace. Whoever you want to be generous to others and love like you've loved, at this time, I pray you show them. Holy Spirit, I pray that each and every person here is guided by you. What their next step is. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you want to do. If you're here, whilst every eye closed and every head's bowed, if you're here today and you've never made that step to recognize God's grace, let me just encourage you that Jesus died for you. He died for me. He died for all of us. In order to restore the relationship that you were created for is that relationship with God. 
that you can have a life-changing, life-fulfilling relationship with the Creator. All made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And you might be putting yourself in that boat that says, I'm too much of a sinner. I'm too far. Paul, the guy that wrote this letter, calls himself the chief of all sinners. There is no sin that Jesus can't cover because his grace is so much bigger than anything we think. So today, if you'd like to make a decision to follow God, to recognize his grace that he's given us and to choose to have a relationship with him, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray and repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that we start a relationship today and that I pursue that relationship for the rest of my life. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Amen.